Hello, and welcome to the Business of Freelancing podcast. Today, we're talking work-life balance, the challenges we face and the strategies we've developed to have some modicum of balance in our lives. On our panel this week, we have Jeremy Green. Hey, y'all. Margaret Ruffel. Hi. Reuven Lerner. Hey, everyone. And I'm Meg Cumby. So uh, work-life balance. Uh, clearly, we all have this yeah. figured out, right? <laughs> and we're just here to unleash all the secrets <laughs> on, for, for the dear listeners. Probably not, but what, what's, what comes to mind <laughs> folks, with, with work-life balance? Uh, what comes to mind when we talk about that? Uh, yeah, and, and where, where you are in your journey of trying to figure this whole thing out as a, as a indie consultant. So I've gotten to a place where I realized that my natural inclination is not helpful to achieving good work-life balance. Like if I am left to my own devices, I will tend to overwork myself nearly every time. And I have to be mindful of it and need to explicitly make time to do things that are not work and kind of, you know, be deliberate and purposeful about taking time off. Um, and I didn't learn that until I'd already been, you know, into my career several years, maybe a whole decade really before I kind of made that connection that, okay, I need to be purposeful about this and need to schedule time and need to force myself to take time away, even if it doesn't feel like I kind of want to right now. Um, and since I've, I, I'm still not great at it, but since I've kind of made that transition, I feel like I'm doing better than I was when I really didn't even consider it a thing to be worth thinking about. You know, it was just kind of a thing that, well, I guess it happens. You kind of get work-life balance somehow, but never really thought about the fact that you can you can weigh one side of you. You can tip the scales there and and kind of get something better if what you're doing right now isn't working. I think part of the problem, part of the trap, is that uh, people like us both enjoy doing what we're doing professionally. Like it's not just oh I got to go to work, but wow this is so much fun I can't get enough of it and um. The more you do of it when you're a freelancer, the more money you make. So you're like, whoa, I can spend infinite time on this and make infinite money. I should totally be doing that. Um, the thing is, humans don't do so well when they only work. Um, you can get burnt out. You can have health problems. But it, I, I, I mean, I don't think Jeremy's alone. I certainly had this problem that it took me a long time to realize if I step away from the business, if I don't take every little scrap of work that people give me, I will not only be okay, but I will be better. Um, and so we start taking vacations as, fa as a family. Uh, we start trying to spend more time together. Um, but it's hard. It's a constant, constant struggle because the work is always pulling you back for those reasons. And I think the, the culture, both in the U.S. and I think just in the kind of freelancer consultant community, isn't the most constructive that it could be like I sense that there's sort of a 
you know, looking down the nose at somebody that's out on the beach on a Wednesday afternoon instead of being in their office pounding the keyboard, you know, and it's hard not to kind of get sucked into that bigger culture that is, um, you know, for helping to form your ideas about what you should be doing at any given time or just with your life in general. Uh, and so I think there are, there's a need to kind of push against the culture in that way that can be really hard to do. Yeah. Especially because we're so encouraged to, um, to dive headfirst into like hustle culture. And I think that's also forced like it's forced on people, especially in, uh, or I should say, even uh, when people have full-time jobs and us as freelancers or uh, independent consultants, because there's always, I always think about like those interview questions that friends of mine have had during, um, during especially technical interviews. It's like, well, what are you working on in your side projects? It's like, I don't know, man, I'm working 90 hours a week. Like I don't have any side projects. <laughs> and then they're kind of like shamed for not having work on to unpaid work on top of their regular work. And I think it needs to be more normalized that it's like, yeah, I don't like every waking minute doesn't have to consume like web development doesn't need to consume me every waking minute. And especially during job interviews, you shouldn't have to feel guilty for that. Even just the concept. Um, I don't know. It's like a struggle, I think is, is definitely the, the theme. And, and it's, I don't think it's ever not going to be a struggle because even just the concept of work-life balance, it, it pretends like that's just two things. <laughs> like, right. and that's, and those are not just, two things <laughs> like, and, and, and they're not just, and they're, they're also a little bit more, probably more mixed up than, you know, when you're into consultant and like, I, I don't know, but you you know, you go, but like some of my personal relationships are, you know, mixed up with some, you know, relationships in the, in a colleague kind of sense. And then also uh, just, um, you know, I work at home, my husband works at home. So like, how do you set up these boundaries of like, this is, us time versus work time. We don't always work, you know, normal quote unquote hours, you know? So, uh, yeah, just, it, it, it's, and, but just, it's, it's a struggle to even think about what, what does that balance, even if you could balance it, what does that even look like? Look, it's going to be different for everyone, but you need, it, it's an, it needs to be an active decision. You need to say, I am going to take time away from work. I am going to take time away. I, I am going to make less money probably possibly at least like possibly um and i'm going to spend it doing other things i'm going to be with my family i'm going to work on my health i'm going to relax i'm going to pursue a hobby and that's good i mean I'm, i'm guessing all of you like also you take a vacation you come back you say wow I can't, that was great. Like, uh, you know, I can't believe I spent time away from doing my work and I feel so good about it, but it's true. You feel refreshed. I mean, I know this is something that everyone in the world knows except for freelancers. Ruben, like you said, it does look different for everyone. So I'm curious for you guys, what does that look like? And I know we've all obviously mastered <laughs> work-life balance at this point, but if you could set up, um, you could set up like an optimal work-life balance for yourself, what would that look like? Cause I know, like you said, it's different for everyone. And I think for myself, I like working on projects until they're done. And it would just on a mental level, drive me crazy. If 
I was like, okay, I'm taking a week off. And it, at any point, a week off is probably going to fall in the middle of some project. Um, so to me, I usually work for like a long period of time and then take a bigger chunk off. Whereas I think a lot of people, they'll work uh, and that to me, a lot of times means weekends as well too. So I'll work for a long period of time, including weekends, and then I'll take a bigger ch- chunk of time off. Whereas some other people, it's like they'll work five days a week and take the two days off. But I don't feel like that's enough for me. So like, what does that look like for you guys? Look, one of the nice things, I, I used to be that way, Mark. I mean, when I was doing a lot of project work. And one of the reasons why I really like the fact that I got into training is that the training work, at least now, is very well-defined. Um, it's typically going to be a work day or maybe a half day. I schedule it long in advance. I can block out certain days if I really want to for various family things or personal things or whatever I want. All right? I don't have to tell them. I just tell them I'm not available that day. And then typically it's just during the work day. The problem is then I have other stuff I have to do to run my business, side projects, selling online and so forth. And that's where the creep comes in. So in terms of ideal, ideally, I think, and I keep talking about this, but not doing a very good job of it is working indeed three, four days a week and using the rest of that time for catching up with my business. I've sort of accidentally stumbled into that recently because of the pandemic and a number of my clients have asked me to do half day courses instead of full day courses. And so like two days this week already, I've had the morning when I'm teaching and the afternoon to catch up on email, go over stuff for my accountant. And wow, it is so much less stressful. It's really kind of nice. So Ruben mentioned hobbies earlier, and for me, that is a big part of it. And I think the reason that is, is because I'm, I have trouble being or feeling passive for too long. And I used to kind of think that taking time off means you're just being passive and, you know, sitting on the couch, watching TV or playing a video game. And I I had this idea that taking time off always meant that you're just kind of consuming stuff and you're not having a chance to be productive and produce anything. And my inclination is to try to be productive and try to be producing something, even if it's, you know, just for the sake of doing something. And so for me, it helps a lot to have hobbies that are productive and creative, but that aren't uh, responsible for paying the bills. And so it lets me kind of harness some of that creative energy in ways that are different from what I do all day, every day in my job, um, but still lets it feel like it's time off and is a, a break. And it kind of has the, the restorative qualities that, you know, Reuben was saying that you can get from a, from a vacation, but it still allows me to be engaged and not just feel like, you know, oh God, I've been sitting on the couch for eight hours and I just feel like a worthless lump, uh, you know, and it, and so that helps a lot for me. I know that that's probably not great for everybody, but, you know, having productive, creative hobbies helps a whole lot for me. I think that's a good point to like, I think there's two good points basically that's come out of, of, uh, or, or ones that I'd like to attach onto lots of good points, obviously, but one being like what looks good for you for a balance is not necessarily what looks good for somebody else and sort of get in tune with that, um, is, is interesting and, and be aware of what's, what is restorative for you when, when there's, you won't need to, after you've gone for a period of time on your work, that's a little bit 
maybe a little bit more uh, excessive and then when you need a break to recharge like what does that actually look like for you it might not be what looks what it looks like for someone else um and then the the like and i entirely forgot the other point but <laughs> something that what mark said touch something off and then as i went into it I think, but like just continuing on that first point, since this is the only one I can remember, <laughs> um, pay, I think that's where I'm sort of like, yeah, actually defining what it looks like um, is a good step to take. Because if you don't actually know what that looks like, then and if you're feeling like it's off, well, then if you're not actively trying to define what would be not off, then, then you might continue just spinning your wheels and like just you know, you, you've got no direction to, to, to work towards. So just, yes, maybe not defining, you know, having, even if you don't have a clear definition, you know, starting off with like, okay, what would it be nice to do more of, or be able to have more time of? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that brings up a good point because anytime I think of time off, I'm like, oh, like Jeremy was saying, I'm like, I feel like I have to do nothing. And that almost gives me like this different sense of anxiety. Uh, or the thought is like being off is like lying on a beach. And it's like, that sounds nice. But after like two hours, I'd be like, okay, what, like what's to check my email. <laughs> um, yeah. But thinking about it, uh, I do think that I have maybe sort of subconsciously taken on those sort of uh, hobby centered, uh, hobby centered things with like, um, the van, for example, which has been like a huge kind of detraction from uh, from doing everything completely digital online to switching gears and doing everything very much manually and keeping myself busy so that I actually am not checking email during that time. And sometimes that's actually enough of a vacation at the very least, just temporarily for sure. That You know what that I think is a, is a good thing to think about. Like what about, um, so, you know, people might think of this as more like vacation, you know, like for work-life balance. What about like day-to-day? -day? What do you guys find you need to have in your lives or uh, boundaries you need to set up to be able to maintain, if not balance, then like not get burned out basically, you know, like a, and to make sure that your, you know, personal needs or the life needs are taken care of, uh, you know, as well as your work requirements. I'd also be interested to hear from people who have, um, like people on the panel who have kids as well, because I feel like that's a very different um, balancing mm. act than it mm -hmm. is for uh, for those of us who don't have kids. So, yeah, that brings up an interesting point as well. I know speaking for myself, I don't have, um, because I don't have kids and those kind of responsibilities, I feel like my day works well when I break it up almost into like two shifts. So in like the morning, I'll have a primary focus. And then the afternoon, I'll also have a primary focus. Sometimes if there's deadlines looming, like those become the same thing, but also making sure that it doesn't bleed all the way through and making sure that there's some sort of break in there that at the very least I can get outside even for like 20 minutes and get some sunshine. Yeah, that's a, a big help. Like I walk the dog every day and just getting out in the sun for half an hour and, you know, doing that teeny little bit of exercise helps to just kind of detach from the work for a minute, kind of clear the head, uh, get into just a little bit different brain space, you know, listen to music, listen to a podcast or something while I'm out on the walk. Um, and then just to the, you know, day to day managing it, 
uh, one of the things I really try to do is have a pretty hard deadline or, you know, boundary between when is work time and when is not work time. And so, you know, if it gets to be five o'clock and I'm still working, I'm going to be starting to really aggressively try to wrap up whatever I'm doing. So, because when by six, I don't want to be working anymore. And if I'm still working at six o'clock, it needs to be because something has gone terribly wrong and I'm helping put out a fire that needs to be done now. Um, and then also kind of the opposite of that is if it gets mid to late in the afternoon and I've wrapped up whatever I'm working on, I try to be conscious about, hey, is that is that enough for today? Can I call today a win and step away and enjoy an extra hour of my day and go to the music room and make some music or grab my camera and go do some photography or something. You know, I, I early in my career was not at all good about kind of uh, appreciating and celebrating wins or progress. It would, it was always, okay, that's done. Now it's time to move on to the next thing. Even if I only have 10 minutes left of my day, I'm going to look at whatever the next thing is and try to start it. And then two hours later, I'm like, oh crap, I'm still working because I tried to pick up the new thing and got into it. And I think it's a lot better to try to, for me to try to figure out what do I need to accomplish today? And when I've done that, be willing to say, okay, that's enough for today. I'm, I'm good. I did what I wanted to do. I don't have to kill myself until five because there's nobody watching the clock. I want to pick up on, yeah, because it's interesting because I think you and I have slightly different styles there. And then I want to, Reuben, you're, I think you're the, the person on the panel with the children. So yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm the all of us you. with kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So before we throw it over to you, but, uh, just to pick up on, so it's, it's interesting how different, recognizing again, how you work. Uh, because like for me, sometimes uh, I've got a health issue that doesn't always like, I, I doesn't, I can't always turn on. I, working to ex an exact schedule does not always work for me. So like, you know, uh, it's, I've got a rough idea of when I like to work, you know, what hours I like to work between and try to keep them in there. But sometimes it needs to get shifted. Sometimes the days need to get shifted just, uh, um, and just sort of recognizing one thing I try to do too, for like maintaining work-life balancing is trying to keep track of like some healthy habits to keep, you know, to no matter how urgent the deadline is, let's, you know, make sure I'm doing my stretches and go water the plants and take a try to get out for a walk. By no means do I always get around to doing all these things, but I at least have the tracker to remind me and to uh, to try to keep track of those things and uh, um, just doing the healthy things that I, I need to do. Meditate, you know, to, to, to make sure that I'm not getting way out of line with the personal needs, um, even during deadline time. So yeah, it's interesting, but also recognizing that it's not always, I, I find when I try to be too rigid about it needs to be done by five, but that ends up causing more issues for me. So, uh, and feeling, um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting to where you have to set up flexibility and where it's good to set up the boundaries. Reuven, as somebody with children. <laughs> I've been, I've always been terrible, terrible about saying these sorts of boundaries. I mean, I first started my business when I was 25 and uh, I was working from home and someone said, oh, you should get a two bedroom apartment because then you'll have an office and a bedroom. You'll be able to shut the door. And basically, I kept going with the same habits I had back in college, which was work till crazy late and then get up and keep working. And there was no one stopping me from doing that. 
Um, and so when the kids came along, um, and I have three kids, uh, they're now like, almost in each case, 20, 18, and 15. Um, and so when they came around, I was like, well, this should be easy, right? Like how much time could they possibly consume? A lot, <laughs> a lot of time. And of course it's unexpected time and it throws things out of joint. Um, and basically my wife was working part-time and I rejiggered schedules quite a bit. And that was frustrating in some ways just because it was so random, but like, that's the way it is. And then I was like, for, for a long time, I was in a, a sort of bad place in terms of balancing stuff where the family knew that like, if we had dinner together and we had dinner together, I guess a few nights a week, we tried at least right away. I would like come back to the office and continue doing things. And I'd be up till crazy late. And this was just like bad on a whole bunch of fronts. So I actually tried, decided a few months ago, maybe like four or five months ago now to like completely revamp how this is going. And granted my eldest is now in the army. So she's only home on weekends and my second eldest just graduated high school. So she's like on the gap year program. But like, um, I decided, okay, after five, six ish, I'm really going to try to be around with whoever's around. As I mentioned to you guys, before we start recording, my wife is now having meetings. It's 9 p.m. So this doesn't always work. And my son is out. God knows where. So when they're out, I'm like, back to work, catch up on stuff, but or clean the kitchen. Um, but I've completely revamped my schedule so that I now get up at, as Meg knows, about four in the morning. I go out for about a two and a half hour walk. I love it. I absolutely love it. I then come home and I have Chinese for an hour. And then I can like get into actually doing my work for the day. And first of all, it's this weird, weird feeling to like to be tired at 10 p.m. Um, like I never had that for years, but now I feel like, okay, by the time sort of breakfast rolls around, I've done like a lot of personal stuff. I've done not work stuff. I feel healthy. I feel like I've been out in the world, especially in pandemic time and everything. And now I can sort of divide my time between work and family. And if my family needs me, I'd like to think that I can spend more time with them. Um, but it's a constant, constant thing. I was just talking to my wife earlier about how like our son is around sometimes not always because he's doing school from home call school maybe and like we should really like arrange time to be together and that's not always easy it's not always easy psychologically it's not always easy emotionally and what is his schedule was my schedule bottom line it is not a solved problem and you need to work at it and even if, if even i can change my habits after so many years um others can too yeah and i you know you mentioned the the pandemic and things being crazy. And for me, I think having those productive hobbies has helped a lot in this case that, because, you know, before, Hey, let's take a long weekend, go drive to a place and see a thing. And, you know, you can't really do that as easily anymore. And so having ways to occupy some time at home uh, for me has been a, a just Great. You know, <laughs> it's been really good for my mental health. I'm, I shudder to think what sort of state I would be in if I didn't have those things for the last eight months. I'll add one other thing also, which is, um, so like, I mean, we're Jewish and we like observe the Sabbath, which means basically Friday, Friday sunset till Saturday sunset, no phones, no computers, like, and it's forced family time and forced away from work time. And if I didn't do that or something like that, I would probably go stir crazy, right? That, that would just be way too much. So that gives us a chance. That's like, we know at least one day a week we're together, eating together, spending time together, talking. Um, 
well, it's not, well, something that resembles talking. No, 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 we're fine. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and um, that, that, that definitely helps, even if we can't get away. Because I agree, Jeremy, like going away is, is very nice and not happening anytime soon. What works for you guys when you notice things are, you know, out of balance? Uh, I don't know about out of balance, but things are, are too far in one direction. <laughs> um, you know, is there anything that you guys, like any self-assessment tools, trips, t- tips, tricks that you guys use to be able to be able or like n- to be able to notice when things are kind of going out of alignment? I had an epiphany a few months ago with my uh, 17-year-old, plus 18-year-old, who is similar to me in many ways and always getting involved in all this stuff. And I said to her, are you going to have time to do, are you going to be home for dinner? She's like, no, I have to go to this meeting, then I have that meeting, then I have to do this for homework, and then I have to get prepared for this, that. And as she rattles off this long list of things she has to do, I'm like, oh, my God, that's what I sound like. And the, I like, I'm never getting off of this treadmill and I always have things to do. And that's exhausting to listen to. And that's not a good state to be in. So, so it's useful to like do some self-assessment and not necessarily have to rely on your teenage daughter to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something that's helped me at least avoid kind of overworking is trying to attack the problem a little bit earlier in the pipeline. And that is not overcommitting myself and taking on too many clients at one time because there have been times that I've done that and every single time that has led to me feeling overworked because I've just made commitments, you know, I've written checks that my butt can't cash and I'm, I try to cash them, but it ends up just grinding me down to do it. And so it helps when I'm looking at prospects and, trying to decide, am I going to work with this new client? I try to take a real long and honest look at what do I already have on my plate? What sort of commitments do I have in the next coming weeks and months? And is it even realistic to tell this person that I can help them? And then I you know, try to do an additional thought experiment of, okay, let's assume this, pro- this project goes terribly wrong and it ends up taking me twice as long as I think it will. Am I in a spot that I can handle that? Uh, And, you know, if I'm in a spot where I think I can handle my estimate, I'm probably not going to turn it down just because I wouldn't be in a spot to handle double the work. But it helps kind of calibrate the neighborhood that I want to be in and kind of get in the right ballpark of what I'm looking at. Very much similar. I've been working more on, and and it's it's surprising. to confront the stories that you tell in your head of, of course, a client won't agree with, with that. Like <laughs> I've been working on adjusting timelines and not just, just say, okay, yeah, I can fit. I I've, I've started booking out farther out. I'm like, you know, I need the space. I need this flexibility and not booking things exactly to the time that it'll probably take them even with stuff that I've done before, just to leave that buffer time for things to shift and adjust. And also just to not, over overwork myself. And um, one thing I, I have not been good at in, during this uh, pandemic time is intentionally booking time off. I wasn't good at that to begin with. <laughs> and I wasn't good at actually taking the time off when I booked it. <laughs> um, but uh, it's something to work towards. And, and I try to, yeah, try and trying to do more of that myself. And it's turns out people are generally, 
generally okay when I say, yeah, uh, I can start on this date. Uh, and when I didn't think that they would, I think one out of the last four or five projects have been like, no, that timing doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And being okay with that and say, you know what, that's not, this would have led to a situation where I'm not happy and I can't meet the client's expectations. They wouldn't have been happy. Everybody's much happier that I was much more upfront about what my capacity was. So um, then this imagined scenario when I would have taken it on when I couldn't actually handle it. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, it took me, frankly, an embarrassing long time to learn that when clients say, we want this ASAP, they're not really saying that they need it ASAP or that they have to have it ASAP. And so for a long time, I thought, oh, when the client says they need it ASAP, that means I have to start tomorrow. <laughs> and it turns out that's not really the case. <laughs> Lots of times when clients tell you that they want something ASAP, if you say, okay, I'm booked up for the next four weeks, but I could start on it in week five and probably mm-hmm. deliver it in week seven, lots of clients are going to say, eh, that's not perfect, but it works. Exactly. We, we can deal with that. That's usually and, the response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think boundaries yeah. with clients have been, have been huge. And like you were saying, Jeremy, especially with uh, things that have already been scoped out and then they start to like add on during the project. Uh, and I've definitely, which has made a huge difference, gotten better at saying like, nope, that's outside of scope and we can scope it out as a separate project, which will be done as like a different phase after this phase is complete. Um, and sometimes that's met on the other end with silence. And my biggest thing a lot of times with clients is to fill the silence and be like, well, actually, like, let me see what we can do and all that stuff. But now I just sit, I just sit and wait in silence because I've already said when we're going to do it. And it's awkward. And then finally, they're usually like, well, like you just said, like, okay, let's do it. And you're like, okay. So, but it's hard to like sit in that once you've drawn a boundary, just to like sit in it and not to start compromising and meeting halfway for sure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll even come back and be like, well, you know what? Turns out that's really not that important. We didn't, uh, on further consideration, we don't even need that thing. So let's not even mess with around two because we don't need it. It's not worth the, you know, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Yeah. So, and I think phasing it out, it's interesting because if you do, there's always this gray area of you, if you, and I know we're digressing a bit, but if you go and add things on to an existing phase, not only are you stretching yourself thin, but it's, it becomes very unclear whether this is part of the current financial scope. So I always find it's so much more clear if I'm like, nope, it's outside of our scope. We can do it like as another phase after. I think that is another verbal way of saying like, no, you will be charged completely separately for all of this, as opposed to just wrapping it, sneaking it into the current phase. <laughs> I think it all comes down to everything that I'm hearing. We're ta- like, it's all about setting boundaries, realizing nobody's going to set them for you, but yourself, <laughs> especially if you come from a, a background where you like, you know, like we're more recently out of like a background where people used to set those boundaries for you and just, yeah. And that's hard. (laughs) It's really, really hard to do, but it's worth keep doing. Any other final thoughts or shall we move into picks? Yeah. Yay. What's, uh, what's the picks this week? Uh, what, what do you, what do you have on for your pick this week, uh, Reuven? Uh, so I'll do two picks. Uh, one is what I mentioned earlier, the long early morning walks, 
I'm telling you, it has been so nice. First of all, like I get out before the sun is up. It's quiet. No one else is out except for a few other crazies where like we see each other at that hour and like slowly see the sun come up. It is just like one of the best changes I've made in my life in a long, long time. I really, really enjoy it. Um, and especially if you're living somewhere where you're worried about being close to too many other people, not a lot of people out at four in the morning, strangely <laughs> enough. Um, <laughs> hadn't figured out why. Um, and the, and the other thing is in a bit of, uh, I don't know, uh, self-promotion. Um, I put up a Twitter thread, I guess, uh, as when we're recording about a week ago about teaching online, where I took a lot of the, um, things that I've learned about teaching online over the last few years. And then that's been accelerated a lot over the last few months with everyone going online. Um, so if you're doing any teaching or learning online, hopefully some of that can be useful and we'll obviously have a link in the show notes. Awesome. Jeremy. Uh, so sort of similar to Ruben's pick of taking a walk, I'm going to say having a hobby, uh, and even picking up new hobbies. Um, for me, the, feeling of accomplishment and momentum of going from, I've never done this thing before to getting to, ah, I'm serviceable at this or even like medium good. You know, it's, it's easier to make that amount of progress than it is to go from medium good to really good at something. And I think that's an underappreciated thing that, you know, people tend to go for, Oh, I'm, I wasn't great at it the first time. So that's obviously not for me. Uh, so I encourage people to push past that. Uh, and then another pick uh, is a show that we watched on Amazon Prime recently called Undone. Uh, it's very interesting. It's a it's animated, but it's kind of uh, the rotoscope type animation where they filmed live actors and then kind of animate over the top of it. Um, it's really kind of hard to say much about the content of the show without ruining it so i'm not really going to say much but it's really good i enjoyed it uh there are several kind of unexpected things that happen and uh yeah I, I i recommend it undone on amazon prime mark yeah i think my pick's gonna be so before when i was recording videos i used to have those um like those box lights and if anyone knows they're a pain to set up and they're very top heavy and they take up too much space. But I actually uh, read a setup through um, a guy named um, Joel Hooks, which I know you guys know as well. And he used these, uses these um, like puck lights instead. So these like round puck lights that are like a fraction of the size of box, light, box lights. And I just got them on Amazon. I've been using them and they're really awesome. I know uh, Marie and some other friends who have started using them for, uh, filming videos because the lights are like all adjustable so much easier to use than box lights so the brand is ziltrox but we'll put the link in for the for the amazon shop awesome and uh yeah i guess i'll i'll go on the uh trend uh of uh recommending a habit or uh boy does it help when you have a habit tracker of some sort uh, i do mine in my notion journal um inspired very much uh by Marie Poulin, of course, uh, her wonderful lotion stuff, but tracking the key things that um, help make a day go better for me. So um, yeah, just would recommend doing that. Um, it's it's hard to keep everything up in your brain. So it's very much easier when you can just tick something off the list and have something that's telling you, go for a walk, 
tend to the plants, <laughs> meditate, you know, write in your journal, have, you know, put some balance in your life for God's sake. So <laughs> um, that'll be my recommendation. That brings us to the end of this episode. You can find us on Twitter at Freelance BizPod. Be sure to subscribe in the podcast app of your choice. And if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll be back next week with the Business Freelancing Podcast.